Well, once again, dads, happy Father's Day. Appreciate you all, or as Peg included, uh, stepdads, uh, men of influence. Appreciate all that you do. Well, this was one of those days where I had something prepared, even put a little few tweaks on it last night, and uh, this morning uh, the Lord said, nope, time to change things up a little bit. So made a few notes, but that's going to go off the cuff here and trust that the Lord will speak to our hearts today. So join me in prayer. Father, oh, once again, you are that heavenly Father for us. And uh, help us, all of us, Lord, to know what that means and uh, walk in the truth of that and be able to receive the unconditional love that Peg talked about and to know that you are there for us in the difficult times and uh, that you are available to us, as Kate said, anytime, anywhere. Uh, we can call upon your name uh, because we belong to you. If we've received Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you give us the right, the power to become your children, and we are so grateful. So we honor you today in this place. Speak, Lord, to our hearts through your word and be glorified in it all. We give you thanks. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Well, I want to speak to the guys this morning. Um, people, you know, we, we have nice flowers in the church. And, and one of the things, and I'm sure Paul can talk about this too, that uh, you, you read a lot of things about men's ministry and men in the church and, and why it seems that church is more geared for women with the flowers and, and you know, all these kinds of things. And we're, you know... Where, where's the men and, and, and all that kind of thing? There is something um, deep within the heart of a man. Um, what's that guy's name? Eldridge, uh, maybe, who, who coined the term the, the warrior spirit. That there is something deep in us that, um, and, and I think you feel it more when you're a father, when, when that first little one comes along and, and, and you just know that you would give your life for this child, that you would uh, defend this child come what may. You know, if you got to stand in front of a bus because your child went out in the road, you're going to do it, right? This is, this, is, this is who I am. You know, it's not always there at the top, you know, we're not all, but boy, when, when that urge is there, it's there because it's, it's, it's wired into us. Um, we, we feel that weight of protecting our families, ready at any moment to defend. Uh, you think about times past uh, here in this country, maybe, maybe in history, but even in this country, where that, that warrior spirit was a lot more engaged. Um, bandits, uh, raiders, right, uh, in the early days of settling this country. Uh, wild animals, uh, even the forces of nature, that when you're trying to, you know, provide for the family and the crop is there and the, and the winds are coming, you know, and you have to uh, defend against all that and lightning strikes and just a lot more engagement in that protector 
uh, warrior spirit of ours that uh, uh, that was more prevalent. Nowadays in the U.S., we got it kind of easy. Uh, you know, we do have our struggles and our skirmishes at work and that kind of thing, but uh, rarely is that real, um, you know, I've got to protect my home against this, uh, you know, coming against us. That, that warrior spirit's not engaged uh, as much as it once was. And I think we can lose as men that important part of ourselves, uh, part of that masculine makeup that God hardwired into our DNA. But the truth is, as we look around our nation today, we are in a battle, aren't we? A spiritual battle. Uh, I think uh, I've, I've had conversations with people, especially around my age, and we say, well, I think we were the last generation that really had it good. A <laughs> you know? um, lot, lot, lot of changes uh, going on in the world. And um, we worry uh, about our kids and our grandkids and the world that they're growing up in, things that have been lost. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, beginning verse 10, says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Um, 2 Corinthians 10.13 says, Although we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Um, Ephesians says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness. I mean, they were referring to that spiritual battle, you know, way back in the New Testament. It was there. It's been going on since the garden. Amen? Um, so this present darkness, their time, but we also ourselves, our present darkness against the forces of evil in heavenly places. We are in a spiritual battle. And this battle, um, notice going back to that 2 Corinthians verse uh, from chapter 10, says the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh or carnal, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. He says, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. The battle that we are in, especially in our day and in our time here in America, is a battle for the knowledge of God. A battle for the knowledge of God. Truth. In a series um, started a couple of weeks ago called Grace and Truth. There is a battle for truth. The enemy is coming against the Word of God in this nation like never before challenging its doctrines at about every level, trying to paint uh, the word of Almighty God as simply the personal beliefs of a select group of people. No longer, you know, in God we trust, founded on the Bible, and, and that which was a big part of our history. But now, the, the, the Bible thumpers, if you will, um, it's just 
a set of beliefs held by a certain uh, a group of people. Beliefs that are just one view in a sea of a bunch of views and a minority at that, right? We're kind of living in this post-Christian culture uh, that we're in. So, so no, it's no longer the knowledge of God, the Word of God. It's a set of beliefs held by a few people, right? So they're, they're, they're trying to paint... Um, culture is trying to paint, and I, I, I'd hate to use the word they, because again, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is not, this is not a battle of, of people against people. Uh, it's, it's very, very important in the church that we do not have an us and them mentality. But it's, it's, the, it's the idealism that we stand against that again is trying to take the Word of God, the truth of God's Word, and pare it down and boil it down into just somebody's belief system. Not only um, painting the Word of God as simply uh, somebody's personal beliefs, but also painting those who hold those doctrines as narrow-minded, bigoted, haters, right? Trying to force their religion on others. So we have this ideological battle that is part of a larger spiritual battle for the knowledge of God. Are, are, are you aware, um, if, if you're a student of the Bible, you know that between the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, there was a, a period of about 400 years. Uh, it's called the, the 400 years of silence, where there was no prophet of God that was speaking to the nation of Israel. Everything went quiet. Everything went dark. And it, it must have been strange because for, you know, generation after generation, century after century, there was a prophet somewhere along the line speaking to the nation, speaking to the kings of Israel, and then everything went quiet. The knowledge of God was like, right? Can you imagine? Um, I mean, they, they've tried to do it in places like China and Russia, right? Stamp out the Bible, um, Get, get uh, putting forth the knowledge of the dictator, uh, whoever they are, and, uh, you know, th th this is the way to do things, and really, you know, trying to confiscate Bibles, make them illegal, and all that kind of stuff. Can you imagine a time in this country where the knowledge of God is rare? And is that something that we want to see happen? Uh, when we look at our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. So I, I, I just feel led this morning to call upon that warrior spirit of the fathers and the grandfathers, the men of the church, calling us to fight for the knowledge of God. Calling us, uh, you know, I mean, in, in wartime, uh, I, I, some of you who have served in the military, you, you had this sense that, yes, I'm going 
over there for, for whatever the army, the navy, whatever the, the particular mission is that we need to, but especially like in World War II, I mean, you, you knew um, that if something wasn't done, this world was going to change radically, right? And so there was, there was a sense deep down in the hearts of guys, I am, I'm doing this for my children. I'm doing this for my grandchildren and their children. And in a similar vein, right, I, I just want to stir you up. I believe God wants to stir us up as men to do the same in this spiritual battle, to say, hey, you know, do I want the knowledge of God to disappear from the lives of my children, from the lives of my grandchildren and their children? Or do I want to fight to keep the knowledge of God in our culture? So how do we do this? How do we fight for our kids and our grandkids? Well, again, um, we're, we're, we're not talking about holding debates on street corners. We're not talking about coming against people. We're talking about a spiritual battle and where our spiritual battles fought, first of all. On our knees. Yeah. In prayer. Um, it may not seem that when we go to our knees, gentlemen, that, that we're, you know, picking up a sword, picking up a spear, picking up a shield. You know, you, you've all seen the movies I've seen, you know, maybe the, the latest, you know, the Lord of the Rings or whatever, when, when, okay, it was time and they started putting on these elements and the chain mail and you, 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 put on this belt and the sword and they're all getting dressed and we're, you know, we're anticipating this battle. Um, there, there, there's just something heroic and, and all of that that comes to mind as, as men in, in that. But it's really the same thing as you and I would open our Bibles, get in our prayer closet, get on our knees before the Lord, that we are going to battle for our children and our grandchildren. We are spending time in God's presence. We're saying to Him as we pray on Sundays, Your kingdom come, Your will be done. Hundreds of thousands and millions of voices raised to God asking, not that the will of man be done, but that the will of God be done in our day, in our time, and in our culture. And then as, as we're on our knees before the Lord, as He would speak to our hearts, right in the places that we have, so we're we're um, we're, we're spending that time in prayer. We're we're coming against. You know, the Bible says that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, far over principality and power and throne and dominion. So we take our place alongside the throne of Christ, which is just you know uh, awesome. But we take that place in prayer and we're doing those battles against those forces as we're calling upon God for our children, as we're calling upon God for our grandchildren to protect their hearts, to, to work in this culture, to raise up people in positions of authority, to raise up people in positions of education, to raise up people that, that have a heart toward God um, that will... Uh, influence our children and our grandchildren, right? Raise up preachers across the nation 
who will continue to preach from God's truth and proclaim it every Sunday. All of those things that we're doing, right? Battling the forces of darkness. Fighting for our kids, for our grandkids, their kids. So first of all, we're fighting on our knees. Second of all, fighting for the truth. Fighting for the truth. I uh, kind of talked about this a, a couple of weeks ago. Where, where do we get our truth from? And so this going to the Scriptures, learning it, understanding it, growing in it, applying it to our lives is fighting for the truth because truth in a book locked away on a shelf somewhere doesn't do anybody any good, right? But truth that is absorbed into our hearts as the Holy Spirit would speak to us, that truth becomes living and active in the culture. It becomes influential in our world because it's living through us, right? So absorbing this word, knowing what we believe and why, and standing upon that, not compromising with this view and this view and this view and this view and this view over here. No, you know, there, um, I, I, I read a, a post the other day. I don't have it in front of me, but it was talking about how many people today are saying, you know, speak your truth, live your truth. Well, the problem with everybody having their own truth is what happens when one person's truth is absolutely the opposite from another person's truth. They can't both be true, right? You, you, you're going to clash. Something can't both be black and white at the same time. So there has to be a truth. Where do we get our truth? From the author of truth, right? So fighting for truth getting that truth in our hearts and in our lives, knowing what we believe and why. Um, if, if, if I've seen it in the last uh, 30 years of ministry, once, I've seen it a hundred times, where people, they, they, they know what they believe, but they don't really know why. They can't really back it up. When, when someone says, um, well, what about this? And what about this? I've, I've seen more people, more Christians, just get mad, and and just and and then just stop to and and um, default back to, well, you this or you that or you the other thing or well, that's just the way it is or or the, you know, not being able to say, nice and calmly, you know, oh, well, this is this is where I get. My belief from 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 the Word of God, it, it it says so right here, and I put my trust in the Lord. I know what I believe. I know why I believe it. So I can have a calm conversation with someone. Doesn't have to be the debate. Doesn't have to be nasty, right? Um, but I know why that I have put my faith in Jesus Christ. So it's a fight. For the truth. Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God. Someone who rightly divides the word of truth. You don't think 
that, uh, you know, again, we're, we think about putting on armor and strapping on a sword and all this kind of stuff and booyah, you know, psyching ourselves up and going into battle and, and all this kind of stuff. We don't really see uh, spending time on our knees or, or getting quiet by ourselves and spending time in this Word. It doesn't seem like battle hero stuff. But guys, this is the real battle in life. Amen? A spiritual battle. So fighting on our knees, fighting for the truth, and the third way that we can fight is by our example. By our example. Being that example of the Word of God. Being that example of what it looks like. Um, you know, the story is told of um, a, a little child who's who's in bed and you know how they are we just had our grandkids over and one of them uh usually at least once comes walking back down the stairs you know just to get a little dose of okay everything's all right in the world you know but um story is told of one okay they, they, they put put the child to bed mommy yeah i'm 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 afraid i'm i'm all by myself, and oh, don't worry, God, God is with you. He's always going to be with you. Can can I have somebody with flesh on? You know, um, <laughs> kind of hard to see. Uh, it, we 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 know he's there, right? But uh, but we like a God with flesh on, and especially our children, our grandchildren. Um, why was why was Jesus so different? Because he was God with flesh on. He was someone that could be seen and touched. John makes, makes that uh, point in, in his gospel a number of times. We, we held him. We touched him. We saw this one who was the glory of God. Um, it, it's one thing to have a set of principles, right, in a book or whatever. But when we have that example to look at, when we have something to witness, to see. Not perfection. Uh, you, you know, sometimes, especially the younger generations that are coming up now, they can, they can spot fakes a mile away. Um, I wish that I had been more real and more, more vulnerable with my kids with the struggles that I was having. But I was trying to paint a picture as a pastor, not only for them, but also for the church. And, and you know, I had to have this, this persona um, that, you know, I wish. Because if, if you come across as, you know, I've got it all together all the time, you know, your kids are going to go, well, I, I can't do that. I remember sitting in churches uh, years ago where it's, it's like I could hear the pastor and it's like, yeah, that works for you, but not for me, down here in the trenches, right? Kids are in the trenches. They're battling, right? They're, they're, they're vulnerable. They're going through stuff, and they need to see dads and stepdads and grandpas and stuff that, you know, I'm going through real struggles in life, but this is how I call upon God. This is how God helps me. This is what God has shown me in all of this. And it's like, okay, oh, all right. So it's not just me, right? Examples um, of when push comes to shove, when hard decisions are made, 
and it's like, you know, um, we have this decision, and it's It's easier to go this way. It's easier to take this way out. But let's 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 gather the children together. Let's gather the grandchildren together and say, you know what? We could do this over here, but God's word says this. This is the way we're going. Not only do they see that kind of resolve, right? But then when they see how God responds when their parents, their grandparents put their eggs in the Lord's basket and do it the Lord's way and see the results of that, they go, aha, okay, right? They need to have that godly example. Vulnerable, imperfect, but someone who is striving after God, someone who is pursuing their relationship with God, not just a Sunday morning thing, but something that happens, right, on a regular, there, there is someone that not only says they believe in God, but I can see it in their lives. They're pursuing, they're taking time to spend with the Lord. Where's dad? Oh, he's in prayer. Where's grandpa? He's praying. Where's, you know, oh, oh, well, you walk down the stairs and there's, you know, uh, dad with an open Bible, not because he has to, right? But because his heart is set on seeking God and applying God's word to his life. And again, it doesn't feel like putting chain mail on and strapping a big wonderful sword to your side, but it is fighting. It is fighting for our children and our grandchildren. So, gentlemen, we are in a battle in our day, just as they were in Paul's day. It's a spiritual battle, and the enemy is coming against, especially now in our time versus 50 years ago, um, it's a battle against the word of God against the word of truth. How do we fight this battle? We fight it on our knees. We fight for the truth by getting into that word and absorbing it so it can be lived for people to see. Doing that as an example to our kids and our grandkids. I'm calling on that warrior spirit, guys, to be heroes in this generation to win this spiritual battle for your kids and your grandkids. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the men in this room, guys of influence. And and Lord, you know, I'm I'm not jumping up and down on the pews and, and all that kind of stuff. Just trusting, Lord, that you speak to all of us in this place. That you awaken that warrior spirit in us to fight the good fight, as Paul called it, the fight of faith. Lest, lest our nation become devoid of the Word of God, that it gets um, buried under 
all these other ideals and so-called truths and, and all, Lord, that, uh, that deny what you have said. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Call us to action. And may we, may we get that sense, Lord, of preparing and, and walking into battle every time we spend time with you. Every time we do the right thing in front of our kids, our grandkids. And may we honor you above all the one who fought for us in so many ways. We give you the praise, the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen.